0: a prototype challenge on
1: IMSA radio, part of the radio show limited network.
0: Looking at the countryside around central Ohio, absolutely beautiful in 1962, Les Griebling decided to build a sports car course and he built an absolutely fantastic one. Just about halfway between Cleveland, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio, sits the Mid Ohio Sports Car Course 13 turns, 2.4 miles, and it is a combination of everything. You've got to be brave, you've got to use your brain. It's narrow, it's tight, it's twisty. Strategy comes into play if you want to win at this racetrack. The keyhole is. Great passing area. So is turn four. Then you get down into Thunder Valley and Madness, the areas in the back of the racetrack that are so challenging. Into the carousel and then back on to the front straightaway for a lap at Mid-Ohio. And these drivers in the IMSA Prototype Challenge category, well, they'll do it for an hour and 45 minutes. Welcome, everyone. I'm Brian Till along with Jeremy Shaw and a great, great lineup of Prototype Challenge cars and drivers with us today. Jeremy? Jeremy? Indeed, Brian. It's a,
1: it's a super lineup here. There's uh, 14 cars. Let's run quickly up the champion up the grid order. Starting at the back, row seven of the grid is John Brownson in car number 74. Alongside him is Paul LaHaye in car number 86. Row six of the grid is car number 47, Joel Janko, and Bruce Hamilton III in car number 60. Row five is Greg Palmer, the uh, father and son team. He is the dad in car number three, alongside Joe Robillard in car number 10. Lance Wilson, one of two drivers. Three drivers driving solo in this race. In car number 33, will start from the 8th position alongside Cameron Castles in car number 75. Jerry Kraut will start car number 9 from the 6th place alongside Stephen Thomas, another one-timer who is uh, a career-best fifth on the grid in car number 11. Fourth position, his teammate is Naveen Rao in car number 64 for K2R Motorsports. Alongside him, his best performance so far for performance tech motorsports in car number 6 is Dan Goldberg. Onto the front row of the grid, Dominic Cicero, an excellent qualifying run for MLT Motorsports in the Ligier Chassis, count number 54. But on the pole position for the second time this season, one of the two Grant brothers driving for the 47 Motorsports team, the number 40 Norma M30, is David Grant on the pole position for today's uh, IMSA Prototype Challenge, round five out of six
0: this season. I think there's so many interesting stories in round five, like you said, of six, because the championship is obviously closing down. And it's one of those things where there are so many different things that could come into play. I'm looking at Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews, who missed Daytona. They didn't run there, but then won the next two races. They figure not in to win this championship, but they could certainly take points away from other teams that do.
1: Yeah, I mean, the championship is recently finally poised with two races remaining on the season. Naveen Rao and Matt Bell, they have a a nine-point edge over to go to Dickerson, who's had a couple of different co-drivers this season, Uh, and uh, Dickerson will start, his car will start on the front row of the grid with Dominic Cicero aboard that car at the beginning of the race. Joel Janko, he's only another six points back in third position, but he's certainly got some work to do starting from the 12th position on this starting grid, but he's co-driver is one of the up-and-coming stars of American racing that is Kyle Kirkwood who will drive the second stint in this number 47 Norma 447 Motorsports.
0: Cars are around onto the front straightaway here at Mid-Ohio and it's interesting they don't start if you're a fan of sports car racing in the Mid-Ohio sports car course. Then you know that they start on the back straight away and not on the front. But I was talking about championship implications. Not only Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews, D- Dakota Dickerson, been driving with Dominic Cicero over the last several races. And I looked at times from practice, and they may be the most consistent pairing right now, and what I mean by that is the car was consistently fast with either driver in it. They ran in the top three or four in both of the practice sessions with both drivers, and what you'll see a lot of times is that's not the case. One driver may be in the top three, the other driver down in seventh or eighth, so Dakota Dickerson, he won his first IMSA Prototype Challenge race at this very racetrack last year, so he's looking for big things today. Out of the keyhole, the cars will get lined up on that back straightaway, and Keith And David Grant on the pole in that number 40 looking. And, man, they have stretched it out already, the green flag waves. And we're racing at mid-Ohio. Second pole position for the Grant brothers so far this season. And a huge jump down to the end of the back straightaway through turn four. The sixth, the red and blue, makes a great move around the outside. And you look at the 54, the red and black, which drops back. And you got to think, Dakota Dickerson – or. Excuse me, Dominic Cicero just being real smart, saying, just like we talked about, Dickerson is in the championship fight. I'm here to help him, and he's not going to be willing to push too hard and risk too much early on, Jeremy.
1: Boy, that was really tight, wasn't it? The first few corners there, as it always is here at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. They're starting uniquely here in North America on the back straightaway, but a really good getaway for David Grant. He leads this race. He's got a pretty good margin as they complete the first official lap of competition in this two, is what's it, one hour and 40 minute race.
0: And that's a long way around this racetrack and uh, misidentified the 54 and the 64. It's the 64 of championship leader Naveen Rao, who's dropped back into that fourth position. And he looked like he was going to have a good start, kind of moved up and then thought better of it, said, hey, you know what? Right now, me and my teammate, Matt Bell, we're leading this championship. Let's be smart about this. So David Grant's going to lead the first lap. A great run. For that 47 motorsports entry, and he's really pulled out here. Nice, beautiful weather. The track should have good temperature in it, Jeremy, and that means these tires are going to come up to temperature pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't going to argue with there at the start. Uh, it was Dominic Cicero, though he was there were three wide-headed into turn four on that opening lap. But to Cicero, he was in the middle, which is often a dodgy place to be, but he came out of it really well. He got a good run off the corner, was able to, to maintain the uh, starting position in second place has headed over that crest in Turn 5. So it is Dominic Cicero in second place, Dan Goldberg with that bold move of the first corner tucks into third, Naveen Rao in fourth position. And Stephen Thomas, what a good job he has done. I mean, less than 18 months ago, he'd never even seen a racing car, uh, let alone driven one, but he has made enormous strides this season uh, and that's running in the number 11 car in the fifth position for K2R Motorsports, right behind his teammate, Naveen Rao.
0: Talk about consistency, Jeremy. You look at Matt Bell, Naveen Rao, you win races, that's great, but you really want to win the championship. And so often championships come with consistent finishes, and they've been the model of that, not out of the top five all season.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That is what it takes, isn't it, to to win these these championships at this level i mean it, it's tight out there it's a long long way to go i said it's now an 40 minutes it's an and 45 minutes this race four five more minutes of fun uh, but it's, it's going to be exciting i think coming down to uh, towards the end of the race it could look the picture could look very different to what we see right now and it's certainly interesting david grant has gone off to a flying start there in color 40 he's edged out already two and a half seconds over dominic cicero and in third position dan goldberg with uh, coming down the hill into turn six. He's another three seconds back already. So the the first three really stretched out even in his early going.
0: When you look at the speed of the Grant brothers, David and Keith, they're one of only two driver pairings that have two poles on the season. Matt Bell and Naveen Rao had one at Daytona. They had one at VIR. And then for David and Keith Grant, they had one at Road America and then here at Mid-Ohio. And anytime. You can be the fastest car in the field at Mid-Ohio. You've done something. We talk about this racetrack being so challenging. I think, Jeremy, it's one of these racetracks that being bold doesn't really get you a lot of places, although Turn 1 is very, very quick. I was talking to Stephen McAleary. He was saying it's 104 mile an hour minimum speed through Turn 1, so these cars very, very quick indeed. But this is really more of a thinking driver's racetrack. You've got to make sure you've got a good car underneath you, especially for an hour and 40-plus minutes.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, the uh, the Michelin tyres, they have to work pretty hard around here. They are super durable, and these cars do tend to be pretty consistent. But, uh, you know, what we've seen, I think, in the early races of this season is that the, the drivers tend to make mistakes, so they've got to keep themselves uh, under control, if you like, in these early stages. Don't throw it off the road now and give your co-driver much more work to do in the latter stages of this race.
0: Good little battle here. At, uh,
1: yeah, I think that's... Joel Janko they're making a move on, on Greg Palmer. Joel Janko, he's already got past Bruce Hamilton on the previous lap. Now he's got past uh, uh, Greg Palmer as well. So Joel Janko up into 10th place, having started from the 12th position. Good early run for Joel Janko.
0: Well, and he's been driving with Kyle Kirkwood the last couple of races, and that's really kind of ignited that pair. Janko sits third in the championship, and they've had some good finishes. They won at Daytona, where third at VIR after a stirring run from Kirkwood there in the closing stages. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do here. And really in a lot of these driver pairings, it's about keeping the car on the island, so to speak. You want to keep it on that lead lap and then hand it over to that fast driver at the end to get it home to the the checkered flag. And really what you're hoping for is after the driver change, after that pit stop, you're hoping for a yellow. It puts everything back together again. And then the race is on. That's exactly what we saw at VIR.
1: Well, it is, isn't it? You're abs- you're dead right there. And uh, you know, there is. It is. You've got to play the long game here. You've got to be, you've got to be uh, aggressive when you need to be aggressive, but also got to be uh, contemplative, if you like, uh, when you when you know when there's no point in pushing it. And at this stage in the race now, you know, settle down, settle into a rhythm. But certainly, a uh, David Grant has turned in, is uh, turning excellent rhythm at the front. Each of his last, first four laps was quicker than the last. One twenty one point eight last time around, and he extended his lead over Dominic Cicero by another half a second. The gap between first and second now over three seconds.
0: I think so many of these driver pairings show you that it, it you don't let the past get in the way, and what I mean by that is you look at Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews, sixth in the championship, two wins, but they didn't run at Daytona, but they've been moving up the charts. Keith and David Grant were ninth after the Sebring round in the championship. Now they're up to fourth, and so they've really found their stride. Eleventh at Daytona, eighth at Sebring, then a podium at Road America, top five finish with a fifth at VIR, and then another pole here. And you, you just can never give up because – You may have had your bad day at the start of the season. Somebody else may have theirs at the end and really close those championships down, allowing you to move up in the championship. And I, I think that's exactly what Keith and David have done. They really could have had a better than fifth place finish at VIR, but both Keith and David had their problems behind the wheel.
1: Yeah, they did, and you know, there's certainly no mistakes now for David. He's still romping clear. That lap wasn't quite as quick as his previous one, and uh, Dominic Cicero was able to reduce the deficits by a few tenths of a second, but he's still looking really strong out at the front. Is David Grant in that number of 40 for 47 Motorsports.
0: IMSA prototype um, challenge action from the mid-Ohio sports car course. The fifth of six rounds, so the championship really closing down. Joe Robillard right now in the 10 with a good move, picking up a position there past Lance Wilsey, I believe, and Joe Robillard sharing that car with Stephen McAleer. And McAleer, as we talked about, very, very fast around this racetrack. I know his brother Sam back at home in Scotland enjoying watching this race. International, for sure, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and its other series like the Prototype Challenge category and a great race from here at Mid-Ohio. David Grant having a good run right now, that good lead, three and a half seconds over Dominic Cicero, and then Dan Goldberg there in third.
1: And here is uh, Jerry Kraut, this car, the number nine car for JDC. uh, uh, JDC Motorsports already won twice this season. Scott Andrews, extremely talented Australian driver who will take over from Jerry uh, in the later stages. We've seen how fast he has been this year. And right behind him is Cameron Castles. This is a good battle now for the sixth position on the racetrack. But already, even after just six laps, they're more than 20 seconds behind the leader, uh, David Grant, who has just set a new fastest lap of the race at 121.17.
0: Been so impressed with Jerry Kraut this season in the number nine. You look at him right there having that good battle with Cameron Castles. Jerry Kraut, Scott Andrews. Showed up at Sebring in their first driver pairing together and promptly won. They started 13th, and Jerry Kraut was just terrific in the opening stint, headed over to Andrews, who brought home the victory. But I, I've seen almost a, a reinvigorated Jerry Kraut this year, Jeremy. I think, and I think it's Scott Andrews that's put the pressure on a little bit and said, Hey, we can do this. And kind of, Jerry's always been a very talented race car driver, but I think I just see a different fire this season.
1: Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? I mean, you know, he, he's he's been around this sport a, a long time. Has oh, uh, has Jerry yeah, a huge amount of, of experience in all sorts of different is all sorts of different cars, and yeah, you know, so he knows how to get the job done. And he's thoroughly enjoying driving with somebody of the talent of Scott Andrews. And you know, he's looking making looking to make a move there on Cameron Castle's not quite close enough. But look, who's looming large in their mirrors? That's Joe Robelard having made that pass on Lance Wilsey to Robert Robillard in car number ten. He's closing in on Jerry Kraut.
0: Well, and, and I wonder a little bit, Jeremy, down the front straightaway there, we saw the good move that Jerry Kraut had put on the 75 of Cameron Castles just a lap ago. And then Castles just motored by him going into turn one and really kind of opened the gap a little bit. And I was surprised that, by that. I was wondering if Jerry might have some type of a problem because, as you said, now Joe Robillard turning into some good laps. He's right there in the hunt, and Castle seems to be pulling away a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, isn't it? And, uh, you yeah, know, we're going to have to see how that, uh, whether that settles down. I, I think probably Jerry, you know, got a little bit closer, and now all of a sudden now he's he's seen his mirrors, or maybe, or maybe he's been told on the radio in, in his mirrors that Joe Robillard is getting closer, so all of a sudden he's looking backwards rather than forwards. So I think that's not what he needs to do. He's got enough experience to know
0: And especially on this racetrack, you, you have to make sure that you're always focused forward, like you were saying, Jeremy, because it's one of these racetracks that is unforgiving. It's so technical, and there's so many twists and turns. Once you get to the end of the back straightaway in turn four, there really is no rest until you get back to the front straight. So you got to focus forward, and that's exactly what David Grant is doing right now. A great run the last time out at Virginia International Raceway. And he and his brother Keith come out on top at Mid-Ohio today in round five. They
1: are and they're doing exactly what they need to do at this stage in the race. The uh, the gap back to second place is pretty stabilised now, around about three seconds. David Grant perhaps not quite as consistent as he would like. His uh, his fastest lap was a couple of laps ago uh, at a 121.1. This uh, last time was a 121.4. This one one minute 21.5. But you know the gap back to second place there, Dominic Cicero. It's uh, it's pretty stable now. It has been since really the first uh, three or four laps when David Grant really did make his his move. In fact, Cicero now goes across the line in pursuit of David Grant and sets a new fastest lap of the race. 121.061 for Dominic Cicero in that MLT Motorsports Ligier in the second position.
0: Well, I think when we talk about championship implications, you look at the job that Dominic Cicero is doing today, and that he did at VIR, he qualified well there, finished second and, or, or qualified second, did the same thing here. And that's important. I was talking about the consistency of that driver pairing. If they can stay this way, and if the 54 can stay in front of the 64 of Naveen Rao, who's running back and forth right now, when they put the big guns in to finish this race, when Dakota Dickerson gets in, and then... When Naveen Rao hands over to Matt Bell, if if they can have the track position, if Dakota Dickerson can have that track position, it's very, very difficult to pass here at mid-Ohio, and that could be huge. If they can finish in front of the 64, Dakota Dickerson's going to close that points gap down to Bell and Rao, who are the points leader.
1: Yeah, that's certainly the goal here, and uh, they've done a really good job this weekend. This MLT Motorsports Ligia has been fast from the get-go we talked about it earlier on. Both Dominic Cicero and Dakota Dickerson pretty closely matched, and that is going to be very beneficial uh, during the course of this one hour and forty-five minute race. And Dominic Cicero took him a you know, took him a little while to kind of get back into the swing of this sort of racing. He's been uh, he's still been involved in the sport as a uh, as a driver, coach, and, and and instructor out at the Thermal Club in Southern California. But he hasn't driven at this level in quite a few years. Does have a lot of experience in the past. In fact, as a young driver. He was a winner of the, uh, the Volant uh, Winfield Elf competition, which uh, many years ago provided many of the great uh, young French drivers in the sport, uh, people like Alain Prost and, uh, and Jacques Lafitte and many, many others over the years. So he's, you know, he's got a bit of a good pedigree in the sport, has Dominic Sitter? He's been given this opportunity to drive alongside Dakota Dickerson this year, and he's grasping it with, with both hands. Really nice to see
0: Very nice to see indeed. It's good to see good racing all throughout the field. 14 cars entered here this weekend, and some great news for Prototype Challenge competitors looking forward to 2021. We can talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But right now, two chassis manufacturers, really the only two involved. There are several more that are allowed to run, but really Norma and Ligier are the two that are competing all season long. And now David Grant, turns in the fast lap I think he just took it away from Dominic Cicero so that's changing I was talking to Cicero a little bit earlier today and he said the track just really doesn't seem rubbered in just yet and one of those deals where John Bobbitt who's the engineer on that 54 car has really been working to get some mechanical grip on the 54 we'll talk more like I said about 2021 in a little while we got to finish the 2020 season first and this race David Grant still up front for 47 Motorsports
1: And just such the new fastest lap of the race to complete lap 11, as David granted that lead car. He's all of a sudden extended that lead now to uh, over three and a half seconds over Dominic Cicero in second position. Number 74 car runs a little bit further down the order. That's John Brownson. Uh, He he qualified in 12th position, but started at the back because they changed the tyres after qualifying on that uh, number 74 car. So he's made up a couple of positions in the early stages, and he's trying to stay ahead of Bruce Hamilton in that Volvo Racing Ligier car number 60.
0: You talk about looking to the future a little bit as well, Jeremy, as you watch these cars down the back straightaway, this is a battle they would be watching a little bit earlier and now seems to settle down a little bit. Jerry Kraut there in the middle, Cameron Castles up and over the top of turn five, then down into diving turn six, Really challenging section of the racetrack coming up here, completely blind through this left-right combination, and then into turn nine. And nine is kind of back over the same hill you just came from, and it is completely blind up and over. You can see Joe Robillard getting just a little bit loose as he comes up and over the top there in the Norma chassis, the number 10. Second-fastest corner, that left-hand bend into the carousel, one of the slowest corners on the racetrack, about the same speed as the keyhole. Really difficult to get the front end to stay underneath you coming out of the carousel and the keyhole both. And then, as we were talking earlier, about minimum speed, somewhere around 104, 105 miles an hour into turn one. Then you zip up to the keyhole, then down the long back straightaway and right around 155 miles an hour at the end of the back straightaway here in mid-Ohio in one of these machines. But... This is the last one hour and 45 minute race of the season, Jeremy. When we go to the final round at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta on Petit Le Mans weekend, that's a three hour race. And you talk about championship implications. It, it That allows you a couple of things. You can bring in a third driver. That can change things. So you can kind of shore up your driver lineup a little bit. But it's also another, what, hour and 15 minutes that you have to make mistakes, wear out equipment, that kind of stuff. So... I think finishing the championship with that three-hour race, I, I think it was a brilliant plan. Next year, all the races are going to be an hour and 45, so it's a little bit of history in the making as we look towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, pretty cool, isn't it, I think? And uh, there's a new fastest lap, by the way, by David Grant in the lead of this race, 3.8 seconds now, the gap between first and second. And uh, and uh, Joe Robillard, who is running in the eighth position, behind Jerry Crouch, Cameron Castle's uh, got got part, managed to get past Jerry Crowd a couple of laps ago, uh, but hasn't been able to pull out much of an advantage over these two cars that are battling behind him. Across the start finish line, they go to complete their thirteenth lap.
0: Cameron Castles, an LMP3 Masters Championship under his belt a couple of seasons ago. And certainly knows these cars well, but he's one of these drivers who's been affected by the whole pandemic. He's a Canadian, and the six-hour WeatherTech race from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta, a few weeks ago, Cameron wasn't able to get into the country, and so that really kind of threw his championship hopes in the LMP2 category of the WeatherTech championship in the washing machine. It dampened substantially, let's say, but there was no Instant Prototype Challenge race scheduled for that weekend, so... He's still in the championship fight here, and that's good for him. That leaves him, you know, something to look forward to. It's not like he's not looking forward to driving the LMP2 car every weekend, but it took that championship away. This one's still in play for Cameron.
1: Well, very much so. He's he's only seven points away from fourth position in the table with two races to go. That's certainly a deficit that can be made up if things fall your way. Uh, Meantime, the pace is still heating up at the front of the field. There's a new fastest lap there by David Grant, and that is matched and actually uh, beaten by Dominic Cicero, who goes uh, fastest on the race right now, 1 minute 20.6 for Dominic Cicero in second place.
0: Lap times getting faster and faster around this 2.4-mile mid-Ohio sports car course for IMSA Prototype Challenge competitors. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about Dominic Cicero saying the track just didn't seem to have a lot of grip yet. And I think as the weekend has gone by, more Michelin rubber put down, Jeremy. I would expect, with the cooler temperatures coming in the later afternoon, good track temperatures, and more rubber on the racetrack, I think the laps are just going to get faster.
1: Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, the track uh, certainly is in great shape right now and and it has been all, you know, the w- weather conditions uh, I think have just been about perfect at the Mid Ohio Sports Car Course. I tell you what, there's there's few places that are nicer to this than this place on an on a nice uh, bright sunny day and that's what we've got right now. And uh, you know, we've still got uh, an hour and 23 minutes in this race. We talked about the fact that the uh, there is a mandatory pit stop uh, where they uh, does at least what well they have to make a stop because the cars can only do a little bit less than an hour on fuel. So the question then is is the is strategy. When do you make your, your, uh, your pit visit? Do you make just one pit stop and come in at the earliest possible opportunity and leave the second driver who's faster uh, to have to save some fuel if, he, if he's going to reach the finish? Or do you just try to run to the half distance mark and then go from there? We've seen several different strategies play out to, in, in various teams' favour or not as the season has progressed at Road America a couple of races ago. Uh, the number nine car of Jerry Crouch was the earliest made at this pit stop before everybody else. That left Scott Andrews with a massive amount of fuel saving to do at the end of the race. No one thought he could make it, well at least I didn't, but he did, he stretched it out, he ran out, ran out of fuel virtually as he crossed the finish line. So you know, there's a lot of strategy to be played out during this race.
0: John Brownson now in a good battle with Bruce Hamilton in the 60, the 74, and the 60 up into the keyhole. Brownson looking to improve on his best finish. And we talk about these longer races. His best finish of the season was a sixth back at Daytona. And in those long races, you get, it just opens up your strategy and your possibilities as far as how you want to run your drivers a little bit more. And like you were talking about, Jeremy, I think – teams that have a larger delta or a larger disparity between the lap times of their drivers will pit at the earliest opportunity because they're going to try to get their fast guy in as soon as they can. Other teams where the drivers are a little more on parity and turn similar lap times, well, they've got a, a larger window to work in because they can take opportunities as they come because they know both drivers are are, are pretty similar as far as the lap times going so i think it just kind of gives them a little larger window let's say to operate in and when they think about how their their strategy is going to work
1: yeah i think so and uh you know it, it you know, this strategy is so so important is uh, dan goldberg running in the third position all of a sudden now he's being closed upon by naveen rao in at number 64 that uh, that uh, starworks uh, livery machine it was a couple of seconds between these two cars only a couple of laps ago, but Naveen Rouse really got into his stride now, and he's closing that gap to third place, Dan Goldberg.
0: And Goldberg having a great run, his best finish of the season was sixth, and I think their best qualifying, they had a good qualifying run at Road America, but match that to today, or this weekend, I should say, with a great third-place qualifying effort, and showing that that qualifying run was certainly no fluke, because... He runs third on the racetrack right now, but as, as you pointed out, Naveen Rao trying to hunt him down.
1: Yeah, and there's not much to choose between these two, and Naveen Rao is certainly getting closer, and I think uh, Dan Goldberg, he, again, he's, like we talked about earlier, he's got to not focus on the car behind him, just focus on on the job ahead of him. Dan Goldberg, he's got some... He's had uh, success in the similar cars, or at least the, the kind of the precursor to this championship was the Inter Prototype Lights Championship uh, with the uh, the Ilan uh, powered car, the Elan chassis a few years ago. So a very different car now with the with a roof over the driver's head, but certainly Dan Goldberg had success there. He's been racing for the last few years, but in nothing like anything as fast as this car now. So it's a bit of a Pretty steep learning curve for Dan Goldboat, but he's certainly learning every time out and getting better and better and better. And he's now going to make sure you know, he's, he's driving more consistently now. He was making mistakes earlier in the season, uh, and that's what he needs. He wants to hand this, over, this car over to his young Swedish co-driver, Rasmus Lind, in the best position he possibly
0: can. And You remember when Lind showed up at Sebring and really opened a lot of people's eyes. I know he certainly opened mine.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a really talented young guy, is, is Rasmus. He's been on the, uh, the, the the road to Indy for the last several years. Uh, first of all, in the uh, USF 2000 Championship, and then stepping up into Indy Pro 2000 Championship. He finished second to Kyle Kirkwood, who's going to take over number 47 car later in this race. Whoops! And there's a big, bold move to the
0: inside, and it's contact. i got to tell you, I... I- Last lap, I was watching Bruce Hamilton really put the pressure on Brownson in this area of the racetrack. And now at the end of the back straightaway, that separation between the cars makes it really difficult to know that he's there for for John Brownson in the 74, the car that was to, dri- to driver's left. When you're that far apart laterally, it's hard to see the car in your mirror. You kind of disappear. And I think Brownson's surprised by Hamilton there. But... Hamilton almost made a very aggressive move the lap before that, down in the 7-8 combination, which typically you just don't pass there. So, yeah, I would say uh, Bruce Hamilton feeling his oats today. It's a, it's a good day at race, <laughs> it, the racetrack. And John Brownson right now got the worst of that. Bruce Hamilton moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, was a, that was a really bold move, wasn't it? I wonder whether it was. we'll see uh, Naveen Rao try to do the same on Dan Goldberg. I don't think so, uh, most likely. But here is our race leader, David Grant. He's... Uh, being closed upon quite rapidly now all of a sudden by Dominic Cicero who's got uh, past uh, the one lapped car of uh, Paul LaHaye and I think right ahead of him on the racetrack now is that battle that we've just been watching between Bruce Hamilton uh, and uh, John Brown since the battle for the 12th and 13th for those two are now about to go a lap down to our race leader and uh, David Grant's got to be careful here
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, this is you think about David and Keith Grant. They want a victory, okay? They want to win. Yes, they're sitting in fourth in the championship. Yeah, the championship's still alive, but really what they want right now is a win. That would catapult them to another place altogether in their racing careers, and it would give them so much fire going forward into the last round of the championship. Speaking of the championship, well, right behind him, Dominic Cicero is carrying Dakota Dickerson's championships on his shoulders. He wants to get that 54 up there because he wants to get that car to the point to hand it over to his teammate. They all need to be careful with this lap traffic, but Dominic Cicero is going to see if he can use it perhaps as a pick, and oh, man, that was close right there. Side by side, you want to be careful. John Brownson, I'm not sure. I think he knew that David Grant was there. I'm not sure that he knew that Dominic Cicero was coming through yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: I think you're right, Mr. Excitement there, John Brownson. He's always involved <laughs> in uh, some scrapes or another, but uh, hats off to him there. He, he was absolutely paying attention. Just a massive amount of experience. Great guy. Super enthusiast is Brownson. This is 100. his 133rd start in in what is now wow. the Interpro Challenge. it's had several different names over the years, but uh, you're massively experienced, uh, former winner of the Masters category in in both iterations of this championship. So, but he was certainly paying attention there, and you know that's always the danger for the second place car when you're following the leader through the lap traffic is the lap traffic going to see you as that second car? He can probably see the car that's immediately behind him is he going to see the second car and uh, fortunately for Cicero there uh, that uh, John Brownson was paying attention he was able to get through so that battle for the lead is very much on now for first and second and ditto right here for third and fourth between Dan Goldberg and Naveen Rao.
0: Well you were talking about Perhaps John Brownson not seeing Cicero or so on and so forth. I can guarantee you one thing. Dan Goldberg can see Devine Rao right behind him. He's filling up the mirrors of that Performance Tech Motorsports Lige and Rao in a Norma chassis. So we got two different manufacturers there. And you and I have talked about this over the past. And that is one of them seems stronger on cold tires and restarts. The other one seems to have better straight line speed. The Norma always seems to have a little edge in straight line speed.
1: It does, uh, but uh, yeah, the Imps have done their best. They, they've given the Ligiers a little bit of a break. They're allowed to use a smaller uh, rear gurney flap on the car. The, that's a little wicker, a little strip along the trailing edge of that rear wing. It gives the car a little less uh, drag, like, makes it a little bit quicker on the straights to try and make those Ligiers competitive with the Normas. So there's no doubt the Norma is the is a the faster car, given the original regulations of LMP3 but hats off to Inter to, 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 for trying to make a move and, you know, in order to bring those teams that had bought the Ligier chassis not be uh, you know, too 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 badly inconvenienced and they've done a good job of that and clearly now there seems to be little to choose between these two we've got Norma leading but by what two or three car lengths at the most over the Ligier of Dominic Cicero same in the battle for third and fourth that's also Ligier against Norma
0: Dominic Cicero bringing the fight to David Grant. This is the battle for the lead in Prototype Challenge from the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. IMSA Prototype Challenge, some of the coolest prototypes in the world right now. And great to see them racing here at IMSA. And now a problem for the 86, Paul LaHaye. That's over at the carousel on the way in. And I don't know if his problem started in the preceding corner.
1: Ah, he's 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 being pursued here by the uh, ah the third and fourth place car. Okay, he just runs off the road. Okay, whoops! Somebody I, follows him I, in uh, in yeah in sympathy. Who was that?
0: I wonder if he just kind of checked his mirror real quickly. I I believe it was the six of Dan Goldberg coming up to lap them, and I think maybe he just looked down to check his mirror real quick and didn't realize how quickly he had gotten to the corner. And he did a great job of keeping it off the tire wall because you get out there in the grass and these slick tires and look at this route down. Look at the inside of Goldberg into turn Gross. five up over the cars are going <laughs> to get light here. Rao, can he hold it? He's got the inside line down and, oh, he, side by side. This <laughs> is difficult to do and get it done cleanly through here. Goldberg having nothing to do with that, Jeremy. That was
1: great racing between those two. I thought down there at turn six, which is uh, you go you get turn four is the end of the straight, then over the over the crest to, to the left is turn five, downhill into turn six. It looked to me like uh, Naveen Rao was kind of washing wide there and pushing Brownson uh, Goldberg, excuse me, off the road. But uh, he able, he was able to keep his foot in it and he comes out still in third position. That was great racing between those two.
0: Wow, that was impressive. And Naveen Rao, when he went to that heavy braking down at turn four, you could tell the right front had locked just a a little bit of tire smoke. But a great job by both of those drivers. Now Dominic Cicero, the third car in your shot, second on the racetrack to David Grant just in front, and they'll have lap traffic to work through. What can Dominic Cicero do with that traffic? He's got to see if he can get held up just a little bit, if he can perhaps hold up David Grant. The traffic holds up Grant. Maybe Cicero can pounce. Well, again, you've got your teammates championship in your hands. It's why you were brought in to do this. You're brought in to help Dakota Dickerson win a championship. So you got to make sure you've got a car to hand him so that he can ply his trades. So you got to be aggressive, but you've got to be holding something back just a little bit. Difficult position for a race car driver.
1: Yeah, it is. But what great what great racing we have seen here uh, in the early stages of this race. And here comes the leaders now. They're coming up behind Carnival 3. That is uh, Greg Palmer, who's the next uh, to go one lap down. Uh, and uh, yeah, the battle heading up now towards the, uh, towards the keyhole. Uh, Cicero looks to the inside. Uh, David Grant you know, kind of looks to parry that. Uh, he wasn't close enough to make a move on Greg Palmer. So he's going to try now to get a good exit out of the keyhole, and maybe he can make that move at the end of the straight.
0: So Palmer and a Ligier chassis, and then the Norma of David Grant, then the Ligier of Dominic Cicero. And anytime you get aero cars around each other, you get a lot of buffeting. And I think that time Palmer just said, okay, the first one's got me. I'm going to let both of them go. He knows. He's, his crew's talking to him on the radio. And once the leader's past you, there's no reason to hold up anybody else. Yeah, you want to try to stay in front of the leader as much as you possibly can, not lose that lap. But once you lose it, you got to let that battle continue there. And that was a great job by Palmer. Um, Oh, and look at this. (laughs) Rowell is not letting go of the rear wing of Dan Goldberg. And this is where it all went down last lap. (laughs) <laughs> it's just that is some good intense racing. Look at this! Again, Rao heavy on the brakes down into four, and this time it's Goldberg who gets that little puff of right front lockup.
1: Super racing here, and uh, all of a sudden now down Goldberg's got a little bit of breathing space. I tell you what, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be happy for that, uh, as the race leaders have both negotiated Greg Palmer's car. Uh, so next in their sights will be Joel Janko running in the 10th position. And uh, Joel Janko will be trying to keep on the lead lap to hand over that car to Kyle Kirkwood, the youngster, the 21-year-old, from also from Florida. Joel's from Florida, from the Keys as well. Uh, and then, uh, if so, then... Uh, Kirk would potentially able to go for a victory in the latest stages, but we've still got five minutes to go before the, the pit stop window opens up for the driver change. We see Dominic Cicero look to make a move
0: at turn six. Not quite close enough. Oh, he thought about that. And I've got to, once again, hats off to Cicero. He is trying so hard and doing everything he can, but making sure that that 54 Ligier stays in good shape. He knows that the guys from MLT... Motorsports have done such a good job all year long giving them equipment to work with and when Dominic Cicero was brought in he's been nothing but extremely complimentary to the team and the engineering and what has allowed him to get back in a top level car and he's really showing what he's made of good heady driving now expect it to take him another lap or two to get back to where he was on the rear wing of David Grant but Dominic's needs to be thinking, too. I know that David Grant made a mistake at VIR. If I could push him into a mistake like that here, maybe we can get in front. Maybe we can find a victory. It's the one thing that he and Dakota Dickerson do not have this season. They've got top five finishes, but they have yet to win.
1: Yeah, a string of uh, three consecutive fourth-place finishes just off the podium. It's even more frustrating when you get that close to the podium but don't <laughs> quite make it. Uh, but you uh, know, this is, it certainly is a great battle. And right ahead of them now is another battle because Joel Janko's really got to move on these last couple of laps. He's closed right in on Lance Willsey in the Sean Creech Motorsports. That's another Ligier chassis in car number 33. And Joel Janko is on his tail. And right behind Janko are the two race leaders.
0: And this is really what Dominic Cicero needed. He's got a battle going on in front. It's not a single lap car. These cars are locked in battle. And that's really going to check up David Grant just a little bit. And perhaps this is where Cicero can make that move.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's, I mean, he's hugely experienced, Dominic, in, in all sorts of different uh, classes of racing. Uh, David Grant, though, you know, he's been around this sport uh, for a fair amount of time, as well, from Germantown in Tennessee. He and his brother, had a lot of success in former Atlantic cars, and Joel Janko, he does not want to go a lap down. Joel Janko, I'm sorry, Joel, but that was just a crazy move. I mean, you, you don't fight the leaders when you're several seconds off the pace. That was just a, uh, uh, yeah, an uncalled-for move for Joel Janko, and he's paid, paid the price. He was just... Was he trying to? I guess he was just trying to block the race leader there to to, to save from going lap down. That's just uh, yeah.
0: well, I don't, no, I don't know wrong. because it, it, I was I couldn't tell if he's trying to pass at the same time that Grant's trying to go by him or if he's trying to block him. He's moving him down to the inside. It looks like he's squeezing him down to the apex. Contact is made. Almost takes out the leader. I thought Grant was going to go straight. Look at this because David's going to go throwing it in there deep because he needs to get through. And I think there may be a little bodywork damage to the left side of the 40, what we would call the cheese wedge, one of those pieces that's behind the rear wheel. And then Janko adds just a little more insult to the whole thing and loses more time on the racetrack. But yeah, not not really what you want to see, certainly as the leader when you're coming through. And of course, Dominic Cicero, a great job to avoid all the problems, but that's dropped him several seconds farther back down the line. Yeah, I mean, you know, looks it looks to be OK. I thought there might be some damage there, Jeremy, but looks to be OK on the left side.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, Janko, he was making a move there. It was a legitimate pass down the inside of Lance Wilsey. But there was a, he had a lot of real estate to his left uh, going into that corner, and he certainly moved over it, it appeared, to try and dissuade the race leader from making the move. And that's just not what you do as a, as a car that's about to be lapped. Uh, you try and I make thought, things easy. Even if you're trying to pass somebody else yourself, there was no point in make, trying to make things difficult for the leader.
0: I thought Dominic Cicero got through that unscathed, but obviously he did not. He's got damage to the left front headlight and the bodywork there. So, I. Uh, David Grant may be the one I thought it was he that might have gotten the worst end of it as far as damage goes, but I'm not sure that that's the case.
1: I think you might be right and uh, that would make it even more egregious uh, for the for Janko I think he's has Janko got going and yes he has got going and he's one lap down to uh, the field as he uh, well still one lap down but um, yeah, that was a. Look, let's focus on the battle for a third position, which hopefully is going to be rather cleaner than that. Uh, And uh, Dan Goldberg still maintaining that position ahead of Naveen Rao.
0: Well, and I think for a driver who's fighting for the lead and fighting for that championship, like we talked about, if you make a mistake and you damage the car, then shame on you because you've put it in a place where you risk too much. But for Dominic Cicero that time... He was the innocent bystander. And I think that's what makes it more frustrating than anything, because it really has nothing to do with you. It's somebody else's mistake. It's somebody else's problem that then turns into yours. And I'm sure Dakota Dickerson is sitting there on the box, on the pit box, going, you've got to be kidding me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very frustrating for that MLT team to see to have that happen to him. I mean, he was completely the innocent victim there. Uh, and uh, it, you know, whether there's damage, I don't know. But certainly David Grant is now back to the same pace he was running before. One minute 20.59 last time around. That, before he got, got up, caught up with that traffic, that was the pace he was running. Dominic Cicero last, Cicero last time around lost a half a second to the race leader.
0: Oof. Yeah, and you, you certainly don't want to be doing that. It's one of those things where a half a second around this racetrack, is hard to make up. It'll be interesting to see what kind of lap times Cicero can now turn with the damage to the left front. And hopefully it's only body work and nothing structural as far as the chassis or the suspension components go, because that would be heartbreaking during the pit stop. They can put a new nose on if that's all it is. And if they don't even need to do that, if there's no ill handling effects, if the aerodynamics haven't been significantly affected then they may not even need to do that. But if it were me, I would change it if I had the time. You're, you're going down that back straightaway at 155 miles an hour, lap after lap. You never know when finally you're going to pack enough air in there for the final time and it, that bodywork's gotten weakened and, and then it comes off. So if you've got the chance to do it, I wouldn't think it out of the ordinary to see that change on the 54 when they make their stop.
1: Yeah, and the 40-minute the window has now elapsed in this race, and the first uh, driver to take advantage of that is kind of a 10. Joe Robillard will come in to hand over to Stephen McAleer. And uh, the pit stops here, there have to be a minimum of 95 seconds. That's be- just because this is kind of a semi-pro category and the, uh, what IMSA doesn't want is the teams have to spend lots of money on getting cracked pit crews in to make you know, save split seconds during a pit stop, which really isn't relevant to the rest of the race. So it's a very generous minimum time that uh, the cars have to spend on the pit lane. That's not 95 seconds stationary. That is from the moment they enter the pit lane to the moment they leave it. But certainly is ample time for the driver change and to get the refuelling done on these cars. So if they do need to change the bodywork on that number 54, Car, they probably would just about have time to do that and still not lose too much time out on the
0: racetrack. Absolutely. And now Dan Goldberg, Naveen Rao, Rao through this 7-8 combination, really pressuring Goldberg, Goldberg with left side tires in the dirt as he climbed the hill. Now they'll, they will have to deal with the 47 of Joel Janko, and we'll see if Janko might be a little more hospitable this time through as the leaders get to him but he's running good lap times it's not like they've closed in and can't find a way by he's out there in front perhaps frustrated by what happened just a lap or so ago and is focusing forward and using some of that frustration to uh propel that 47 motorsport norma forward
1: yeah indeed so and uh, certainly uh as they head here through the uh Kind of bottom end of the racetrack, the lowest part of the of the racetrack, the turn two at the keyhole being the highest point on this, on this racetrack. Great track it is, and lots of elevation change. And you know, as you were saying earlier on, Brian, until a real challenge for the drivers. But uh, but uh, Joel Janko now he's uh, he's got these two cars looming in his mirrors. You know he's certainly, he certainly he doesn't want to lose too much too much time. But I'd be surprised if he didn't come into the pits pretty soon. The uh, minimum dra- drive time has been uh, has been met now, and certainly. If he were to make that driver change now, then Carl Kirkwood would need some either need some help with the yellows, with a full course caution, which would allow him to effectively save some fuel, or uh, going to have to be a, 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 a pretty magnificent stint to uh, not use up that uh, full tank of gas before needing, you know, in, in order not to need another pit stop at the end of this
0: race. Well, and Mid Ohio Sports Car Course, it's. I mean, there are some places, certainly, turn one, at the end of the back straightaway, if you were to go off there, there's an area that is affectionately known as China Beach and um, a massive gravel trap at the end. But a lot of times around this racetrack, a problem or leaving or spinning, as we saw earlier um, up in turn 11, it doesn't lead to a lot of full course cautions. And they're not, it's not a large field that's here. It's a healthy field, but it's not large. So you don't have that many cars with an opportunity to create a problem for some and a yellow for others that would be very beneficial. Goldberg now still stuck behind the 47 of Joel Janko, trying to find a way through, and Naveen Rao just ducks into pit lane. He's ready to hand that car over to Matt Bell.
1: Yes, indeed. So out of fourth position. I think that's probably a a good move, I think, by that K2R Motorsports team. Uh, He was being held up there, so maybe they can get some uh, clean air for the uh, second driver in that number 64 car, which will be Matthew Bell from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in England. Super fast. This pairing has already uh, won one race this season. The last round of the championship, uh, they they, uh, had a convincing win at VIR, Virginia International Raceway. So looking to make it two in a row in this number 64 car.
0: Well, and they changed the livery on the car at BIR and they said they're going to stay with this one. They got rid of some of the more Star Wars type appearance of it and changed it. And they said, hey, we like this. It seems to have brought us victory. So the other thing that Matt Bell did there, Jeremy, was save fuel at VIR.
1: True. Yes, he did. And that's so, what he's going to have to do here in the closing stages as well.
0: So David Grant leads at Mid-Ohio, started from the pole, their second pole of the season for that team. He and his brother, Keith, and run out in front right now looking for their first win, not only in the IMSA prototype challenge competition, but in the 2020 season. David Grant out in front. Dominic Cicero now 4.8 seconds behind with some damage to the left front of that car as Dan Goldberg now pits out of the third position. And this is where Rasmus Lind will take over, the young Swedish driver that we talked about a little bit earlier. And you can see that the pit stops, as you were talking about, Jeremy, it's a minimum time, so you don't have to rush too terribly much. You can take your time, do it right. There's one air gun allowed over. Three crew guys can work on the car. Your fueler and the vent operator are not included in those. So you can have three mechanics working on it so you can get things done. Do what you need to do, but limited, and that does a couple of things. One, you don't have to hurry quite so much. That eliminates mistakes, and that's important. Two, you don't need to take that many people on the road with you because you're limited to the number of people who can be over the pit wall, so you don't have to have a massive team, and you don't have to have a whole lot of equipment. You can only have one air gun over the wall. So it's a a cost savings, and it's a little bit easier on the competition As well, and that's certainly what you want. You don't want to be too harried to make a mistake. There is a look now at Dominic Cicero's 54 and the damage to the left front. I think the good news, Jeremy, is in that shot, I see no damage to the front splitter.
1: Yeah, that's true, but it certainly won't help the, aer- help the aerodynamics on this car. No. and I think it's probably costing Dominic, just looking at the lap times, it's pro- probably costing him three or four tenths of a second. And David Grant has put his foot down again in these last uh, four or five laps. He's extended the, the gap, which had kind of stabilised around about two and a half seconds. It's now more than double that. So uh, David Grant is doing what he needs to do here before he brings that car into the pit lane to hand over to uh, his uh, is the older brother Keith who will bring that car home to the finish.
0: Well, as it's been said before, it's not if you get knocked down, it's how you get back up. And certainly Dominic Cicero got knocked down a little bit in that incident with lap traffic in the keyhole, fighting his way back, doing everything he can to stay as close to the 40 in front of him so he can hand that 54 over to his teammate. And it will be interesting to see If they put a new nose on, I wonder, too, Jeremy, I looked at the left front wheel well, and bodywork looks a little closer to that left front tire than I would expect it to be. And so I wonder if it's been pushed back a little bit. And what that tells me is if it's been pushed back, then there's the concern that maybe the alignment on the left front just isn't as it should be. And maybe the combination of the aerodynamics, or maybe it's the handling because of alignment that's cost Dominic Cicero those few tenths of a second per lap.
1: Yeah, it's certainly uh, going to make things difficult for uh, for that team. You know, what do they do? Do they change the nose uh, when they uh, make their pit stop, which would be just, I think, uh, within the next uh, four or five, well, five or six minutes, I would imagine, uh, to to enable uh, Dominic. Uh, to go to Dickerson to be able to run flat out to the end of the race without having to save too much fuel. Do they uh, take a little bit extra time to change that nose? Uh, do they uh, use that time to give him fresh Michelin tires? It's, a, it's kind of a difficult call for that team.
0: IMSA prototype challenge action from the Mid-Ohio sports car course. Round five of six on the 2020 season. David Grant still out in front. Dominic Cicero in the 54 giving chase here at Mid-Ohio in IMSA Prototype Challenge competition. And, Jeremy, I I wonder a little bit about the strategy as we've got a slow car on the racetrack. Trying to see which number that was. Is that Joel Janko? It looked like the colors of the 47. It is indeed. And he seems a little off pace back in the turn 7-8 area. Yeah, indeed. He He seems just a little bit off pace. I don't know if he had an off down in turn six and now getting back up to speed or if there's something wrong with that machine. As you see, the six Rasmus Lynn, the red and blue coming up behind as the 47 heads to pit lane. But what I was talking about, Jeremy, was the strategy. If I, I'm wondering why with a damaged car in the 54, the fight to me is not with the 40 in front and a car off down in turn one. Is this the yellow No, he stays in Is he going to clear the gravel trap? Keep going. Yes. (laughs) A long drive for John Bronson through the gravel trap and turn one. But what I was talking about, Jeremy, I got to get back to this. The strategy, you've got a damaged car. You're second in the championship. You're in front of the championship leaders on the racetrack. Dakota Dickerson's the one who's going to close this out. I would have brought that car in as soon as I saw the 64 head to pit road.
1: Yeah. Yeah, possibly so. And uh, so, you, you know, here we go. Here's, here's you had the track uh, position, second right? place car is the first to 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 make a pit stop
0: of the two leaders. Yeah, I mean, you ha- yeah, you had track position over the 64. So if I knew the 64 pitted, I would have been immediately in. But it seems like you stayed out a lap or so. Now pit stop going on. Now it's going to be when we find out what the strategy and the mindset really is. As to whether there's another nose, and if there is, are they going to put it on the 54? And I'm sure Dominic Cicero was on the radio with the team explaining exactly what he had. He's telling Dakota Dickerson, "Okay, this is what the car is doing. This is what it's doing here. This is what it's doing there. This is what I've lost. This is what I've gained. And letting him know what kind of car he's going to have to deal with. Crew going to work now. Going to clean the windshield. And they're looking at the left Headlight, but I don't know, Jeremy. They don't seem concerned.
1: They don't. Um, uh, You know, I think he wasn't costing, as Dominic says, huge amounts of time. Uh, it certainly was cost him a little bit of time but you know, they they know they've got a, a, a car that's still working pretty well so uh, Dakota Dickerson, I'm sure they will have compared notes over the radio before making that pit stop and uh, Dominic has obviously said that he knows, as for, for far as he's concerned the car's working well enough to be able to turn competitive lap times at least with the, with the uh, The the pace of the race in the early stages, I think it's going to be up considerably in the closing stages of of this race. But, uh, you know, they've clearly decided it's good enough to be able to go from here. And that car came in, by the way, exactly at one half distance in this uh, one hour and 45 minute race.
0: So fuel saving should not be an issue for Dakota Dickerson. He's got a car that he can drive flat out to the end. And this is the run. This is the run to the checker flag over the next 50 minutes, and it could very well be the run to the championship. There is a look at the problems for John Brownson in turn one. And he just, I think he just stays in it. And he's thinking, I got to keep the wheels rolling. If I slow down, yeah. if I slow down yeah. at all, <laughs> this gravel, Jeremy, is going to just pull me in.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, no, Mr. Excite, he's probably been there before, so he knows that. I'm sorry, John, I couldn't resist that one. But uh, no, he was able to keep it out, get it out the other side and continue on again. He's lost a bit of ground, but you know, the car's still running uh, solidly uh, You're know, halfway up the field. So he's done a good job. And as ever, you, know, you can never get John in. He's going to stay out as long as he possibly can.
0: Well, and you talk about the drivers getting in now. Scott Andrews just turned an exceptional lap. Then Tony Kazmitz in the 60 turned an exceptional lap. The guys that are getting in now are the faster of the driver pairings. And this is where you're going to really see the lap times get put down. David Grant still out in front. He is yet to stop, as is the 11 of Thomas, Stephen Thomas, still out on the racetrack. So once they stop, everybody else will have been had completed their pit stops, I should say, and the order is going to become right, so to speak, and we'll know exactly where everybody is going to line back up in the field in that run to the checkered flag. But we talk about the championship implications of all of this. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Matt Bell now in the 64, and he's going to be chasing hard, trying to catch Dakota Dickerson, seeing if they can – maintain that championship lead, or is it going to close down as they head to the three-hour finale at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta? Lance Wilsey in the 33, serving their pit stop, and Jeremy, an hour and 45 minutes solo around the mid-Ohio sports car course is a Herculean effort if you're 22 years old and in the best shape of your life, but if you're not quite 22, maybe a few decades older, I can't even imagine it. Lance is in stunningly good shape, but go to your favorite amusement park and ride the wooden roller coaster for an hour and 45 minutes and see how you feel. That's essentially what an hour and 45 minutes in one of these prototypes is like around this racetrack. It is very, very physical. We talked about it. Very little time to rest. And for... The three drivers in the field that are doing it on their own, Stephen Thomas, Lance Wilsey, and Paul LaHaye, those those drivers have their work cut out for them. Well, yeah,
1: but I mean, I'm not so sure that David Grant's not going to do it on his own. He's probably staying out there <laughs> certainly as long as he possibly can. Uh, you know, he's, he's a little fun. bit quicker generally than, than his uh, older brother. Not by much, but a little bit. So, you know, they're taking advantage of this. And this Norma, for, particularly for 47 Morris, boys always seems to have incredible fuel mileage. And I'm astonished he's been able to go this far. We're almost coming up to an hour of running it's been green flag all the way he's been running a good fast pace all the way but uh, david grant continues to run out front oh here he is now finally
0: there he is Yeah. keith running around the car he'll be getting his shot and no pressure brother i qualified it on the pole for you i've led every lap so don't mess this up <laughs> yeah exactly no pressure right. at all right Well, and they shared in the problems at VIR. The car ran up front. They had a great fifth place finish, but it could have been more. They led there, um, and then both of the brothers had problems, and I think in the same area of the racetrack down in final turn onto the front straightaway known as Hogpen. So um, hopefully they've put all that behind them. The question is, can they keep the field behind them here at Mid-Ohio?
1: Yeah, that's right. There's the, the number three car then completing its its pit stop. Uh, in behind comes the uh, number 11 car. That's the second place car of Stephen Thomas, who's done a really good uh, job in this race. Actually, his, I guess his uh, his pit stall is off to start finish line, so he's going to be shown as leading that uh, 42nd lap. So hats off to Stephen Thomas for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, the, the pit stop is now completed by the... Uh, by the leader, David Grant. I have to wait and see now how, where he comes out in relation to uh, the caliber 54 of Dakota Dickerson.
0: Well, and that's what I was looking at to see if I could see it going by in the shot. There's the 54. That's just coming through the carousel. So the 40 has gotten out in front of the 54. The question is, with Dakota Dickerson having been out there, the tires are up to temperature and pressure. He knows what he's got. There's the gap back to the 54 and Dakota Dickerson is going to be on a charge. He's got to work past Max Hanreddy in the 75, just in front Hanraddy being shown back in the eighth position. Dakota wants to clear him quickly and try to make as much ground on the 40 as he possibly can in these early stages when he's got a better car and Grant's going to still be getting up to speed.
1: Yeah. So that's what Han- we're going to have to uh, keep, keep right on here and, uh, that number 75 car, that has already made its pit stop. It is uh, trying to, to hang on to the, uh, the same lap as our race lead. He doesn't want to go a lap down, but he's also got to know that Dakota Dickerson, he's going to make his pit stop. So even if he does go a lap down at this stage, that number 75 car, it really doesn't matter because he's going to get it back again. Uh, no, he isn't. Forget that. Scratch that. No, they both made their pits. Sorry <laughs> about that. I confused myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's not difficult for me to do. So, yeah, no, this is a battle then for, with uh, with Max Hanradi trying to stay on the lead lap. But this, this is going to be very costly for his fellow Ligier driver to go to Dickerson if Hanradi holds up Dickerson for too much longer.
0: Yeah, he's not making any friends right now. We talked about this earlier. You're already a lap down. The leader is in front of you. And so it's one of those deals where now second place wants to get by to go fight with the leader, and and you're not helping at all. So it was a 4.3-second gap from Keith Grant to Dakota Dickerson the last time at the line. Now Dickerson by, and now he'll have to work past another lap guard. It's exactly what he doesn't want to see. This one's going to be quick work. And off he goes. Past John Brownson. And Dickerson will clear him. And really, this is where you can tell the experience and the willingness to press a little bit harder. And that's in the breaking zones, down at the end of these long straightaways, into the keyhole, into turn four, at the end of the back straightaway here at mid-Ohio. You can see how much later... Dakota Dickerson was willing to brake. He trusts his, his car. He has the feel of that brake pedal, has the feel of the Michelin tires underneath him and knows just how far he can press it and is willing to just drive it in a little bit deeper, carry a little more speed past the turn-in point while still on the brakes, trail brake that car down towards the apex, and then off they go. And I've always said, I think you would agree with this, Jeremy, the difference in the really good race car drivers is they're better on the brake pedal. So many people think, well, you don't want to slow the car down a lot. That slows you down. No, the best drivers in the world are the best with the brake pedal.
1: Yeah, very true. And, uh, you know, modulating those brakes and you know, making sure you don't uh, uh, brake too hard, which can be possible in some of these cars, but that, you know, the forces that are involved in hitting the brake pedal in these high downforce cars are immense when I mean, you really do stomp on that pedal really, really hard.
0: And so now... Let's talk championship. Dakota Dickerson working his way closer and closer to Keith Grant, the first car in the shot. It was four seconds last time by, two this time by. So Dickerson actually getting through that traffic, not being held up too much. He's really beginning to close down. That's going to be important if he can get up front because Matt Bell now behind Dickerson by about 22 seconds. So... Dakota wants to get through this lap traffic. If he could win and keep Matt Bell and Naveen Rao back in third or fourth instead of in second, the points gained that he would leave mid-Ohio with would be considerably more substantial. And that's what he needs with only one more round after this one remaining in the championship.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And in fact, uh, that battle for third and fourth, number six and number 64, we saw they were tied, uh, almost tied together all the way through till the round of pit stops. They came in one lap apart, but they've gone out again in the same order. So number six car still ahead of the 64. And in fact, over the last couple of laps, Rasmus Lind has pulled out a couple of seconds over Matt Bell in Enorma. So Rasmus Lind in that number six car, the Motel six car for Performance State Motorsports, has stretched out that lead just a little bit uh, as they uh, head now into the uh, final 41 minutes of this race. And that was a gap. there is number 64 car ahead of him is that Motel 6 entry of Rasmus Lind.
0: Keith Grant now just 1.2 seconds ahead of Dakota Dickerson. Dickerson is there, Jeremy. It's less, He's there yeah. to turn
1: five. Yeah, you're right. He's right with him now. And uh, this is a battle for the lead. And what a great drive it has been. Uh, by the Grant Brothers, but also by Dominic Cicero and De- Dakota Dickerson in this number, six, uh, number 54 car for uh, MLT Motorsports. It's just super to see the Norma Zaneliges running competitively. You know, clearly, there's not much to choose between these two cars on this racetrack, whereas most of the rest of the years, at least up until the last round at Michelin Raceway to Road Atlanta, the Norma, on whatever sort of circuit, seemed to have a big advantage. Not the case that, that right now.
0: Yeah, we haven't really seen that this year. And you talked about some of the balance of performance changes, aerodynamic changes that really seem to balance things a little bit. And, of course, with every give, there's a take. You know, you get to run a little less downforce for the Ligier chassis. But at the same point in time, that less downforce creates issues in certain areas of the racetracks. So it's one of those deals where you give a little and you, and you lose a little. And where you want that downforce is a place like mid-Ohio. You want to be able to get the car to run down the back straightaway. But at the same point in time, areas like this, you need the downforce to help in braking.
1: You do. And, uh, well, this is really an interesting race. let looking, just look at the lap times now. Rasmus Lind. In third place, he's just turned the number six car's best lap of the race, a one minute nineteen point three. Meanwhile, much further down the order, unfortunately, down in thirteenth position, two laps behind the race leader, Carl oh. Kirkwood <laughs> has just set a new fastest lap of the race a one minute eighteen point nine. That's a new lap record. The record was set here last year by Neil Alberico, but uh, but Carl Kirkwood has crushed that lap record,
0: uh, and I think. Dakota Dickerson is a very quiet young man. He's polite. He's intelligent. He's articulate. And I think he's getting impatient, Jeremy, because he's (laughs) going to get it done. Oh, I was just watching that as you were talking back through the back part of the course, seven, eight, and nine, and you could just see the angst. As I was saying, Dakota is a quiet young man, but you could just see the angst building there in the cockpit. And he was like, I need to go. And I need to go now, and you can, you can yeah. see it coming.
1: Well, he, he really does, because, I mean, Rasmus Lind is closing in at a, at a, at a rate of better than a second per lap in that number six car in the third position for Performance Tech Motorsports. So it's MLT Motorsports out in front with the Ligier. The 47 Motorsports Norma in the second place, the Performance Tech Motorsports Ligier in third, and then the pair of K2R Motorsports uh, Normas in fourth with Matt Bell, and the fifth uh, quite a long way back, and running uh, completely on his own at the moment is Stephen Thomas in car number 11. But and there- not too far... Not too, and closing up on him is that is another battle between the Robillard racing kind of a 10 of Stephen McAleer and the JDC entry, another Norma with Scott Andrews at the wheel.
0: Tony's Kazimitz for Wolver Racing in the 60, and Kazimitz always exciting to watch. And here's a look again, looking back to the carousel. Whoa, I said exciting Oops. to watch. That was, yeah, spin and win. Well, probably not the win today, but he did the he did the Danny and got it around, so I said he was always exciting to watch just getting in that car, and it's a deal where you look at Kazimitz, and he's a driver who's driven just about everything, and he and Bruce Hamilton looking for some better finishes. They had some good runs last year, but really kind of struggling to get what they feel like they deserve, and those are runs there in the top five, and They just have slipped out of their grasp this year.
1: Yeah. And uh, Dakota Dickerson now having got some clean air, he having got past into the lead, he's just turned that number 54 car's best lap of the race of a minute 19.9. And all of a sudden, he's put three seconds between himself and Keith Grant in second place. Meanwhile, Rasmus Lind back, back to third place has gone over the last few laps. It was 21 seconds, then 19, then 17, then 16, then 14. It's now less than 10 seconds back to third place is Rasmus Lind.
0: Well, and this is exactly what Dakota Dickerson needs to see, and that is traffic for Rasmus Lind. But I don't think it's really holding him up that much. He's carving through it like a hot knife through butter. now working through the carousel and he gets a good run off of here if he can probably clear the 86 by the time they get to turn one it's the fastest corner on the racetrack so not a lot of braking here but Rasmus Lind made that look easy
1: he did but it certainly cost him a bit of time it cost him uh, more than half a second and Dakota Dickinson again said a new best lap for that number 54 car it's not the fastest lap of the race but it's only uh, three or four tenths away from the best that was, has been set by Carl Kirk a little while ago, well, I mean, 19.304. So, yeah, maybe that uh, that damage to the front of the car has helped the aerodynamics of that <laughs> <chassis caliber laughs> 54.
0: Maybe. I always thought that those blunt front ends <laughs> didn't look particularly aerodynamic anyway, right? And now they made it even more blunt by taking the lens cover off that headlight, but seems to be working fine. The 64, Matt Bell, remember, he and his teammate Naveen Rao they lead the championship now Bell caught in that traffic trying to work his way through and Rasmus Lind almost forced the issue there and that's a difficult pass to make into turn 9 because the braking zone is so short and I do think he was seen and you saw the little hesitation by the car that he was going around and that just gave him the run off the corner able to make the pass heading into Thunder Valley but a bold move but We've come to expect that from Rasmus Lind, but that's that's what he has to do. He's got to try to close down 15.7 seconds the last time by at the line. He's got to try to close down on Dakota Dickerson. 34 minutes to go from mid-Ohio.
1: Yeah, half an hour racing more than half an hour of racing. There's still plenty of, uh, plenty of time here to go, but uh, what a good job Dakota Dickerson is doing here. He's uh, He's got his super amount of confidence. He's from San Diego in California, 23 years of age. Seems to be he's been around the sport a long, long time, to be honest. He's driven all sorts of different cars. Uh, he was a Team USA scholarship winner uh, five years ago. Now, that was in 2015. Since then, he's won uh, the uh, Formula 4 Championship in 2018 and went on up up the ladder to win the Formula 3 Championship uh, last year, in addition to his uh, success here in the prototype challenge car. So there's Paul LaHaye who's made a mistake and off the road again.
0: This is not what Dakota Dickerson needed. This is exactly the opposite of what he needed. That car is on the beach. China Beach is what they call it. And you can see how deep it is. It's also uphill to get out and it's just not going to happen. Paul LaHaye down into four Car a little twitch, then the brakes lock up, and he slides in, and he needs to get back into the throttle right now and keep driving to get through the sand. But in so doing, without traction control, Jeremy, I think he spins the rear tires a little much. Yeah. And around he yeah. goes. And this is going to change everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know he he was doing the right thing. Get on the throttle. is good, but he gave it too much throttle, and the back end came around a bit, around and just uh, embedded that car down. If it was just a, a minimal minimal throttle, he could have just sort of maybe uh, just sort of. Walked through almost uh, that gravel. It might have got to the other side, but uh, he tried to get that car back onto the onto the green stuff, the grass, which has a lot more traction than the than the gravel. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's going to bring out the full course caution. And well, this is going to make things really <laughs> exciting uh, for this final what half hour of this race.
0: Well, and he does the right thing. He gets he, after he makes yep. the mistake. The car starts to go off the racetrack. He opens his hands, means turns the wheel straight. He gets off the brake as he gets there to the gravel because he realizes he doesn't want the brakes to lock up and he wants to roll through, but just couldn't keep the car straight long enough. The complexion not only of today's IMSA prototype challenge race has been changed by this full course caution. You wonder if the complexion of the championship has been changed. Brian Till, Jeremy Shaw. With you and with the 86 sitting in the gravel, it will close the field down. Dakota Dickerson had a 12 to 14 second lead over second, third, and fourth, and he just needed to stay clean. He would gain points on Naveen Rao, Matt Bell, and the 64 in the championship if it were to have finished with the 54 in front and the 64 in fourth, and it may still finish that way, Jeremy, but... It is going to be a dogfight now because they are all together.
1: They are, and uh, you know, now some of the lap traffic could really come into play. And I'm thinking here people like uh, Kyle Kirkwood in kind of a 47. He's a couple of laps down to the race leader, but he has the fastest car on the track. He's shown that because he set the fastest lap of the race, a new lap record for Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, and you, know, who is his, one of his teammates? Well, that would be Keith Grant. In caliber 40, currently running in the second position. So uh, if Carl Kirkwood could kind of make his way through the back, I'm not quite sure where he is on the road. Is that him in the third position on the road? No, I don't think it is. No, I um, Think so. But um, it's it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting now in the uh, in the latter stages.
0: Yeah, I I mean it's one of those deals where you really need to know not only where you're competition is running yeah he is in front of Rasmus Lynn for sure I saw the 47 right there and the six is back behind him a couple of cars
1: exactly so he's running he's in third position on the road here right behind uh, David Grant isn't he isn't he uh, Kyle Kirkwood so I'm sure that Kyle will make a quick work of of uh, of Keith Grant uh, the question then is, what does he do with Dakota Dickerson? Well, uh, and Does that's he try what make it uh, di- difficult for Dakota? Exactly. Or does he think he can somehow make it make up two laps in this race? You know, if he gets back, if he gets past Dakota, that's one of the two laps back. If there's another caution later on, maybe he can get the second lap back as well. And then who knows what can happen from there? Kirk was a race driver. He wants to win, and so does Joel Janko.
0: Inside, 30 minutes to go from Mid Ohio and IMSA Prototype Challenge action. Dakota Dickerson. Well, he has a completely different game plan now. Before, Jeremy, I think maybe it was, okay, I can just stay out of trouble, turn in some good laps, and I've got a big enough lead that if it stays green, we're good. Well, if this and if that, it didn't stay green. We're under full course caution. Keith Grant, Rasmus Lynn, Matt Bell, they've all closed up, but then throw in that lap traffic. But think about this. Let's just run down it. Dakota Dickerson sits second in the championship. His teammate did everything he needed to do, qualified on the front row, ran in the top two, handed the car over to Dakota. Dakota took it to the front. All right, this is what he needs to do if he wants to close down in the championship. Keith and David Grant, they're fourth in the championship, but they want to win a race. They haven't done that yet. Rasmus Lind, well, he's farther back in the championship. And so for Rasmus Lind, he's sitting there. Dan Goldberg is fifth in the championship they goldberg has a very very outside shot at it but guess what rasmus lind and dan goldberg they want to win races so they're going to be going for the race win dakota dickerson's thinking about a championship then you go to the fourth place car in line matt bell and Naveen rao they're the championship leaders so how much do you risk of your championship lead with fighting with these guys around you that are hungry just for the top step of the podium then you throw in drivers like you were mentioning, Kyle Kirkwood in the 47, two laps down, but the fastest car on the racetrack. And he's right in there between Lind and Dakota Dickerson and Keith Grant. You know, I mean, this is going to be a
1: fascinating race. Story. The, the, the guy, The guy who, who was worst affected by this full course caution, I think, was uh, Keith Grant in the second position here because he doesn't have the pace of the cars around him. So it's going to be very interesting to see now what happens over the course of the next few laps after the restart. Dakota Dickerson is going to try and build a, a gap but I'm pretty sure he's going to have Carl Kirkwood on his tail very, very quickly. But if you look at the best lap times of the, uh, of the four of the top three of the top four cars, Dickerson, Lint, and Bell, first, third, and fourth. Their best lap times in this race are within one-tenth of a second of each other. Keith Grant in the car 40, the outlier there in second place, his best lap, a full second slow. We're going to go, though, back to green with 27 minutes remaining.
0: All of those questions that we just asked, well, they're about to get answered. One of them got answered pretty quickly, and that is from the get-go, Keith Grant, under attack just behind him kyle kirkwood and here comes rasmus Lind in the red and white number six and i think attached to here's rear wing was the 11 i believe so we've got a mix of lapped cars in there no that's the 64 that's matt bell this is for position matt bell driver's left rasmus Lind in the six driver's right that's for position and bell gets the run off the keyhole leads down to turn four he'll take the position
1: yeah, great, uh, great job there by uh, by Matt Bell. He's got a huge amount of experience in these cars. Rasmus then you know, he's still learning. This is what he, just his third race in these cars, so you know, he's got an awful lot to learn. It's a very different car to drive than the open-wheel cars he's driven so far in his career, a lot heavier, a lot more downforce than the, the, than the single-seater cars, so he's got a lot to learn, and he was uh, kind of taught a lesson there by Matt Bell, but Dakota Dickerson, he's pulling away at the front of the field, and it's a surprise for me I think at the moment, is that uh, Kyle Kirkwood hasn't tried to chase down the, the race leader. I think he's probably decided, uh, Kirkwood, that he could probably do more good by protecting Keith Grant from behind rather than chasing down the, uh, the leader of the race.
0: So Dickerson has pulled away. You can see up in the distance, off he has gone and then the rest of the field, and as we said, kind of a mix of lapped cars in here, but very, very quick lap cars. And then at the end of that train was Matt Bell and Erasmus Lind. And remember last year, Jeremy, we saw the Ligier chassis on the restart really, really jump out in front of the Norma. And we talked about the Norma with the straight line advantage, but that's kind of been tamed. And I think that lack or or the reduction of aerodynamics that's helped the Ligier top speed-wise I think it's taken away that cold tire advantage on, on the restarts because we haven't seen that this year. And I would expect to see it of all places on this racetrack. And I just didn't.
1: Certainly. It certainly is pretty interesting, isn't it? As there's, there's a Paul LaHaye, that green car, uh, hopefully getting out of the way of Dakota Dickerson. He's got back out on the racetrack. He's uh, many laps. He's what, uh, yeah, many laps down now. Six laps down, is number 86 car of Paul La Habe, but He's staying out of trouble there. That's Kirkwood, though. He's got past Keith Grant. So he's obviously left Keith Grant to his own uh, uh, devices there. And we'll see if Keith Grant can uh, keep that... Uh no, he hasn't, sorry. So who's the car in second place, though? Sorry, I got a bit well, of confused there. What... It's sort of yeah, difficult to not be I... able to see the race cars.
0: There is a... Uh there's another car out there, and I don't know if it was somebody that was in the pit lane that came out, but it seemed to be, I, it caught me out too on the last long shot from turn one up towards the keel. I was like, well, wait a minute. There seems to be another car in there that I hadn't figured.
1: Yeah, but certainly Dakota Dickerson, he's he's uh, pulling away at the front of field. We can see the shadow's lengthening here at mid-Ohio. As uh, Now that's number 74 car. That is, oh, okay, that was the other car that's in the middle there. That's Wyatt Schwab. Uh, also in this uh, gaggle of cars. Well, that was the car that confused me. I wasn't sure who that was
0: Matt Bell on the 64 just putting on a clinic Around the outside there in turn five and now the 86 moves well out of the way and allowing the faster cars through I'm sure they've been on the radio with Paul saying hey Got a group of guys coming that are fighting yeah. for podium finishes
1: and, and why Schwab in that number? Uh, 74 car. He's also two laps down to the leaders. He's just really messed up the race for Keith Grant. Those two, are, there's three uh, 47 motorsports cars in this race number 40, number 47, and this number 74. Carl Kirkwood was really do, doing a great job for Keith Grant as kind of the, uh, the tail gunner there, but uh, but White Schwab has really messed things up and he's cost Keith Grant a couple of, of positions.
0: Through the keyhole one more time and it looks like perhaps Rasmus Lind has gone to school on Matt Bell a little bit he's like thank you for the lessons and he is stuck to the rear wing down the back straightaway what can he do down in turn four I don't know I think that I think the Norma may still have the legs Jeremy Yeah,
1: but certainly not by as much as it it had earlier in the year. No No. question about that. They're a lot closer than than they were. It certainly made a a really good race of it because the Ligier teams, they they really did have their backs to the wall. But now they've certainly got a weapon with which they can fight for the win. And uh, certainly Dakota Dickinson is doing precisely that at the moment. And he's stretching his lead. It's already out to uh, over eight seconds now with 22 minutes remaining in this race. 22 minutes is going to feel like an hour and a half. For Dakota Dickerson, but uh, oh, absolutely, you,
0: you, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the time, isn't it? Where, you know, we're, we're probably not there yet. It's with like two laps to go that you hear every rattle and loose nut and vibration on the car that you never felt before. But yeah, for Dakota Dickerson, he's going to be saying how much, how That's much times time. how much every every time by. He's yeah. going to be thinking, well, I thought it would be less than that.
1: Yeah, well, there's, there's lots of loose lots out there in this uh, racetrack yeah. out there right now.
0: <laughs> Nine seconds over Matt Bell, Dakota Dickerson has from mid-Ohio. The last hour and 45-minute race on the 2020 calendar, one more race to go, but that is a three-hour at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta, and anything can happen in an hour and 45 minutes. Just imagine when you make it three hours, especially around a racetrack, like Road Atlanta. And I think that's one of the cool things about the end of the season. As confusing as this year has been and the pandemic obviously affecting everybody, but the scheduling of our sport, whether it's IMSO, whether it's the owners of the racetracks, everybody's worked so hard to make sure that the racers can race and the fans can see live motorsport. And I think that's been so great about it. And it's so cool to end with these racetracks that we're ending with in the second half of the season. Certainly Daytona is iconic at the beginning, so is Sebring, so is Road America. But we've got this string here at the end of VIR, Mid-Ohio, Road Atlanta, all old school kind of racetracks. And I, I think it's just, they're it's just great racetracks for these LMP3-based prototype challenge machines.
1: Oh, boy, I completely agree with you there. And this battle for second place, that move by Matt Bell could be hugely significant for the championship because it's going to gain him at the moment an extra, well, two points over where he was before. You get 35 points for a win, you get 32 for second, you get 30 for third. When we came up for that restart, number 64 car was in third position, but he's gained those two points by getting past Rasmus Lind. But Lind certainly hasn't given up, and he is uh, chasing as hard as he can. He wants to get that position back again. I don't think he's got anything for Dakota Dickerson at the front of the field. But certainly second place is uh, potentially he will think up for grabs here. But Matt Bell, with all his experience in these cars, is going to be a hard guy to pass but you know not too far behind this, this train of cars here is uh, Keith Grant he's fallen back about three seconds from this pair but he still holds down fourth place but only just because he's got Stephen McLear and Scott Andrews right on his tail now so the battle for fourth fifth and sixth is really tight uh, coming up now uh, through turn 11 into the carousel corner for the 60th time
0: Well, and the Grand Brothers have nothing to be embarrassed about by their performance. I know they're looking for that win, and they may very well get it before the season's over. Perhaps not today, but there's the three hour that we were talking about. But they certainly have made an impression this year aboard that number 40. And we talked about two pole positions, and they've led races. So, you know, good things for them in the future. And speaking of the future, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we didn't get into details. I think... For the drivers in the IMSA Prototype Challenge Series, when you look forward to next year, a season very similar to this one, six races, all the races will be an hour and 45 minutes. But if you own one of these cars, the good thing is you'll be able to go race it in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in six rounds as well. So there are 12 races out there for you. If you want them, you can run at Daytona. You can run at some of the really iconic racetracks in some of the really big events. And I think that's awesome. There's a new car that they're running in Europe this year. That spec will be the spec that runs in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship. It will also be the main spec that runs in Prototype Challenge category. But if you have one of the older chassis, there'll be a class for that as well in IMSA Prototype Challenge. And I think that's an awesome move by the series. I've said for the last couple of years, I think these cars belong in the WeatherTech Championship um, because the straight line speeds are there. They'll fit in well with GT machinery. And I'm looking forward to 2021.
1: Yeah, I think there is a lot of excitement about this category. Certainly, the cars, value for money-wise, they're really good. I mean, the cars are fast. They're very, very uh, well-built. They are structurally sound. Yeah, they've got all the safety uh, features on these cars that you would expect in a top-line race car nowadays and as I said uh, just a moment ago I mean cost effectively wise it's good uh, you get lots of uh, lots of track time the cars are pretty reliable uh, they're approved in quantity now even with the new cars that are coming in Europe this season they'll be uh, they'll have a year of development in Europe before they race them over here as well so yes I believe that the future is bright
0: Cool cars without a lot of the driver aids. No traction control, no anti-lock brakes. You've got to hustle these cars around. They'll all run off the same 5-liter-based V8 power plant, and that makes them so good as far as being equal between the five different chassis manufacturers that are out there. So cool stuff. Scott Andrews, Stephen McAleer in the 9 and 10 having a good go of it.
1: McAleer
0: there at the front of that battle, and Andrew's right behind him, and, you know, we talked about Scott Andrews being an eye-opener as well when he and Jerry Kraut came together at Sebring, and they won those first two races they were entered in. Little stumble at VIR, but, you know, impressive, and like I was saying earlier, Scott Andrews certainly impressed when he got behind the wheel, but really, really impressed with the job that Jerry Kraut has done this season. There's the 64. Matt Bell still with mirrors full Of Rasmus Lynn, but you've talked about it with the experience that Matt Bell has in these cars. He's not a a driver who makes very many mistakes. And this is like putting on an old running shoe for him. He's got so much time in these cars over in Europe. So the idea that you're going to pressure him into a mistake, I think you might be better off to hope for some lap traffic that you could use. Yeah, I think you're probably right there because it's certainly going to be difficult
1: to, for Rasmus Lind uh, to make a pass. He's had some success here at mid-Ohio in the open-wheel cars and uh, he's, he's on the podium right now. He wants He's in third, he would like second, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he won't do anything uh, too rash to take away to uh, take uh, t- 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 that position away again, but meanwhile, out in the front of the field, here is Dakota Dickerson. He- he's out in front in terms of the battle for the lead, but that's Carl Kirkwood, who's all over the dirt on the exit of turn one there, uh, trying to uh, get one of his two laps back. But Dakota Dickerson is running super nice, consistent laps at the front of the field. Each of his last seven, six laps have been within a-, a tenth or a tenth and a half of each other. Really good driving. By uh, Dakota Dickerson. There's a battle for second. Here's this battle for third place, for fourth place, excuse me. Keith Grant, who's uh, grateful for the fact that uh, Stephen McAleer and Scott Andrews are still battling amongst themselves. And tucking onto the tail of that group as well is Tony's Kazimitz in the Wolver Racing Carnival 60. That's not a battle for position because Tony's is one lap down, unfortunately,
0: but hey, don't tell him that. He's a, a old school saying, racer as well. <laughs> he doesn't care. By any stretch of the imagination, right? You and I have watched him race for years in just about anything, including Indy cars back in the day. And McAleer, that second car in the shot right there, has his hands full of Andrews. And I've got to say, hats off to Keith Grant because Stephen McAleer is a young professional race car driver, which means A, he's very talented, and B, he's very hungry. He's a championship winning race car driver. So he knows how to hustle these cars. And he's not making much of a dent, you know, or or making much headway trying to get past Keith Grant right now. So, Grant doing a great job. That car obviously working well for he and his brother this weekend after qualifying it on the pole and then running up front on point. So, Keith Grant having a good run. Very much so. And he's... He's
1: really doing an excellent job. I mean, he slipped back from the leaders, but uh, he's kept his head about him. You know, he's got a lot of experience on a lot of different cars, and he's not defending. He's just, he's got his head focused on what's ahead of him on the racetrack, hitting his marks. And if he does that, it's going to be awfully difficult for Stephen McAleer and an identical Norma chassis to find a way past. And you know, that's exactly what he's doing right now. It's consistent lap times for Keith Grant. And, you know, Stephen McAleer really hasn't got close enough yet to even think about making those serious challenges. Challenge
0: for that uh, fourth position. Well, I think Andrews was thinking about making a challenge on McAleer as you got in there, and and I was impressed with the run that Keith Grant got off the keyhole. It gave it. He, he jumped about a car length over Stephen McAller off the keyhole. And remember, you and I were talking about braking, and and the the best race car drivers in the world are the ones that are the best on the brake pedal. We got to the end of the straightaway, and I think of Stephen McAleer as a guy who can drive it in deep and knows how to get everything out of the brake pedal and you know what Keith Grant was right there with him and I don't think McAleer gained at all in the braking zone no. no I think you're right
1: and like I say, the good the good news is for Keith Grant that McAleer has Andrews right behind him because he knows how good Andrews is in these cars already won two races this season in a number nine nine car for JDC Motorsports so you know he uh, he's just focused now uh, is, is, you know, McAleer, he, he, he's looking forward trying to make a pass on Keith Grant, but at the same time, he's got uh, Scott Andrews looking for a way past as well. It's a super battle for the
0: fourth, fifth, and sixth places. Well, and that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I mean, the, the challenge right now, I think the driver who has their hands full the most is Stephen McAleer because you've got to find a way by, but if you attempt something and it doesn't work, you can't have it cost you a position. up through turn five, and man, Andrews is right there, and I thought he was going to try to go around the outside at turn five, but on a car that's on pace with yours, on a lap car, that's one thing, Jeremy, but when a car's on pace with yours, if you can pull that one off, hats off to you. Yeah, no
1: kidding. That's, That's not an easy one to do. But uh, this is certainly an intriguing battle. Now we're into just about 11 minutes to go in this race. And it'll be another uh, seven or eight laps that uh, this battle is going to continue. I think it's going to go all the way to the checkered
0: flag. Ten minutes and 52 seconds to go from mid-Ohio. The laps, the time, they're counting down for Dakota Dickerson. He's hoping that he can count on a victory he's out in front by 10 seconds over Matt Bell and then Rasmus Lynn but this battle has been hot and just like this for the last six or eight laps Stephen McAleer the meat in the sandwich there can't find a way by Keith Grant just in front of him and he's doing his best to hold Andrews off behind him and Grant Not blocking, but making it a little difficult. And now McAleer, and that's what he's known for. That's what a professional race car driver does. Just at the last minute when you think everything's okay, he pounces, and it's done.
1: Yeah, and he just he just forced Keith Grant into a mistake there. Uh, Grant was defending the inside line going around to the corner. He breaks super late, unfortunately it was a little bit too late because he carried too much into the speed into the corner, ran a little bit wide, and that's all Stephen McAleer needed to get on past. And uh, unfortunately for Keith Grant, Scott Andrews has followed him through as well. But still, it was a uh, it's been a super performance by uh, Keith Grant. He got he's got to hold his head high. It's not going to be the result he wants probably at the end of today, but an excellent performance by him and an excellent performance by this guy here. I mean, this consistency that Dakota Dickerson is showing at the front of the field Absolutely magnificent. Uh, actually, that was a quicker lap, slightly quicker lap that time because I don't think he wanted to let Kyle Kirkwood get his lap back. When finally he does. It was a 1.19.6 last time around for Dakota. He'd been lapping very, very consistently, about 1 minute 19.9, 120.0. Just incredible consistency all those last uh, few laps. And that last one was his best one, but still he couldn't shake off Kirkwood. So he said, OK, off you go, Kyle. Uh, you can get one of your laps back. You're still two laps behind. You're not going to be a factor in this race. And to go, to go to Dickerson now doesn't have to worry about a fast car filling
0: his mirrors. Yeah, that was. he just let that one happen. And you're exactly right. We talk about how smart he is, how talented behind the wheel. And he just said, you know what? This is, this is silly. Why would I risk anything? I, he pulls to the left, brakes a little early, lets Kirkwood go and says, see you later, buddy. And that is what Dakota Dickerson hopes will get him to the championship. Being smart and winning races, he still has eight minutes and 20 seconds to go before he can claim victory here at Mid-Ohio. But he did it last year. Can he repeat in 2020? Yeah, remarkable, isn't it? That, that this was the, where the
1: team scored its first win last season and uh, looking to go back-to-back. Back. It's funny how this racetrack uh, seems to... Uh have that sort of a pattern. In the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship racing tomorrow, uh, they've been back here two years in the uh, the new IMSA WeatherTech era. And uh, each of the top three classes, uh, DPI, uh, GTLM, and, uh, and GTD, they've been won by the same manufacturer each of the years. Uh, and here, it's the, the same team is looking to go back-to-back at the Mid Ohio sports car course.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, Jeremy, this racetrack we talked about, it's a very, very technical Racetrack. And there used to be a sign on the bridge across the racetrack at turn one that said most competitive in the U.S. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's really true. It is so technical. Yes, it has elevation changes. A lot of racetracks do. But these are so strategically placed. And they're not necessarily huge elevation changes, but they're just in the right place. And the nuances of them and what they do to the car are really unique. You've got... To have a good engineer you've got to have a good race car you have to have a good understanding of vehicle dynamics and what you need and where you need it and you also which race car drivers are not particularly good at you also have to be willing to compromise a little bit here so that you can get the maximum out of the car in the places that are most important and be willing to sacrifice in a couple of other places um, but and that's why i think race car drivers love this track because it has literally everything you got to pull the belts down a little bit tight to get through turn one because you've got to be brave and Paula Hay with a problem that's coming down the I'm hill sure probably, I think that's the first time we
1: said that today isn't
0: it yeah yeah <laughs> so um, but you know like I said and then in other areas the carousel and the keyhole they're two very slow corners that are incredibly technical here's Paul up, up and over and around Easy to do there with that elevation change. You get in a little yeah. too much throttle just when the car gets light and around you go.
1: Well, you're right, Brian, and and you talked about it a while ago. This is a workout around this racetrack. I mean, it's very physical, Uh, and to to drive an hour and 40 minutes around here for somebody who's not not a youngster, uh, it's not easy to do. It's very easy to lose your concentration, make a a little bit of a mistake. And, yeah, yeah, Paul's had a few offs here, but he hasn't hit anything solid yet, so he's going to bring that car home to a finish. That's the goal, that's the plan. Uh, And he's actually just turned his best sector time last time around in the middle sector on this racetrack. So uh, hats off to Paul LaHaye.
0: Yeah, I mean, to do it solo here, there are three drivers that are doing just that, Thomas, Willsey, and LaHaye. And it is a work, I can't, I can't imagine it. I can tell you unequivocally, I couldn't do it. And it's one of those deals that you get out there, you get hot, you get tired, and you start to have the mental lapses. And as we were talking about the elevation changes and such and how technical it is, it'll bite you. It'll bite you in a hurry. Headlights now reflecting off of the surface here as the sun beginning to set, the drivers down the front straightaway, the sun in their eyes as they head to the west. And Dakota Dickerson would like to see the sun set on this day with him out in front. That would be the first victory on the year for Dakota Dickerson if he could hold on. And the first victory with his teammate, Dominic, Dominic Cicero, and you can see the sun in Dakota Dickerson's eyes down the front straightaway. a really cool shot there, illuminating the cockpit, illuminating those eyes in there, and surprising that he's not reaching up and kind of closing that visor down just a little bit for a little bit of respite from the sun. Look at this. Look at this. Stephen McAleer past LaHaye, and Andrew's right there with him. Jeremy, this battle has not changed at all. It has not, has it?
1: And uh, it, the battle for second place is about a second between those two cars now. But there certainly isn't a, sec- a, a second between the two cars. are battling for fourth and fifth. McAleer and Andrews absolutely locked together as they head through the, the keyhole. Now we're inside four minutes remaining. So it's we've got uh, another what three laps probably, depending where the leaders. Yeah, you know, it certainly won't be white flag next time, or probably the lap after either. So Andrews here looking to make a lunge down the inside at turn four
0: white and you go around the outside of five that'd be a brave move if he can hold it he'll have the line down into turn six he can't and it was almost a mirror move of what Stephen McAleer had done to Keith Grant there in turn four he Andrews just kind of wedged his way up along the side the 10 there at the apex of four and tried to hold the outside McAleer saying I'm not having anything to do with that and holds on to the position but this is one of the toughest battles on the racetrack right now and it is not over with just inside three minutes to go
1: we are number 33 car has just dropped out of 10th position uh has made a, another pit stop for lance wilsey uh, perhaps that's a splash of fuel that he needed to get to the end of this race so that'll that's going to put carl kirkwood up into the uh, top 10 uh, sharing that car with joel janko and we're just just uh, two and a half minutes remaining so a couple of laps here should just about do it.
0: And right now, this is when we said it, Jeremy, this is when the noises start for the driver. Two laps to go, and all of a sudden, everything's rattling, everything's shaking, and you're praying that you're going to make it to the finish. Some of these drivers, you talked about somebody for a splash of fuel. These cars that stopped early on, that could be an issue. This racetrack, not particularly hard on fuel because there's not... That much full throttle. There's a lot of just kind of point and go, and then break and point and go and break back from turn four over through turn nine. But still, if you stop too soon, you might need to save it. Nine and a half seconds. His last time at the line: nine point two seconds for Dakota Dickerson over Matt Bell. And for Dakota, he may have to deal with those three lap cars in front of him here over the next two laps. That's yeah, not that's what so he not wants, what, It's not what he
1: wants, is he? You're absolutely right. But again, just metronomic consistency here for Dakota Dickinson. His last two laps, uh, within uh, a hundredth of a second of each other, And the laps before that, just a tenth or so apart. Absolutely superb drive by Dakota Dickerson. Uh, And Matt Bell, though, hats off to him. He's doing exactly what that K2R team needs to bring that car home in second place. He'll lose just three points of his uh, nine-point advantage to Dakota Dickerson if we stay as we are right now.
0: If we stay as we are right now, and that's a big if. You and I have done this long enough to know we're not handing anything to anyone just yet. We've seen them run out of fuel, come into the line and not get across. So Dakota Dickerson, a great job, but we're not going to fire up the music and open the champagne just yet. He still has 2.4 miles to go with just... About 32 seconds left on the clock as he crosses the line. The white flag flies. He's got 9.2 seconds over Matt Bell the last time by. And this time will be 9.1 or actually 8.8. So it's closed down even more. I think the other competitors know well and good who the leader is. So they'll be kind here on this last lap to Dakota Dickerson. And Matt Bell running out of time. He's hoping... There'll be a gaggle of cars up there to slow down Dickerson. But as you said, I think they'll be happy that the points loss was only three because at one point in time, it looked like it could be considerably more than that. And I think Matt Bell and Naveen Rao need to buy a beer for the 86 of Paul LaHaye because that spin at the end of the straightaway that brought out the full course caution has helped them immensely. Yeah, it certainly has. I
1: mean, they were certainly closing on the uh, second-place car of uh, Keith Grant, but uh, that caution made it a a lot easier. Whoops. That's a big lock-up for Scott Andrews.
0: He was obviously trying to make that pass. Oh, no. no. It was was, everything uh, he he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he could do to try to make that pass, it did not work out. But what has worked out? is this, the victory, the fourth different driver pairing to win in 2020. Dominic Cicero, Dakota Dickerson take the win at Mid-Ohio and close in on the championship lead of Matt Bell and Naveen Rao. Good race, and that full course caution, Jeremy, really, really closed things down. But for Scott Andrews, he was going to send it and see what happened. That was down at the end of the back straightaway. Here's a look. He was way back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wasn't close enough to try and think about a pass, was he?
0: You can see just how well the gravel traps work as he slides into it, and that's a shame because he had that good run going, that good battle with McAleer, and that was going to give him a top-five finish, but that was is not to be. I think he got in there and got the fronts locked and just couldn't get them unlocked in time to save it and make the corner. And really, for Stephen McAleer, he's fortunate that – Thomas was able to get the car turned a little bit and avoid the the contact that could easily have happened there, or Andrews, I should say. Yeah,
1: that was, uh, that was a uh, yeah, kind of worth a try, I guess, but not really. Yeah, he's yeah, only yeah. For, he was he was going for, what was it, fifth position, fourth position, um, and he uh, kind of tossed that away. So uh, that's, uh, that's certainly given another couple of points there for Keith Grant, so he'll be grateful uh, for that.
0: Yeah, and great racing all through the field for Matt Bell and Naveen Rao. Like we said, Lady Luck shined on them a little bit and helps them with a, a, a very small points lost as we look to the finish. Dickerson, Dominic Cisco, their first win together, and that's big for them. And obviously, that's they take home maximum points. And then Matt Bell... Good finish for he and Naveen Rao. We said that keeps the championship yeah. close. Another great run by Rasmus Lin. Steven McAleer. Yeah, then the Grants round out the top five.
1: Yeah, and Stephen Thomas in the sixth position. A great solo run by Stephen Thomas. His best results uh, so far. So in the championship points now, Naveen Rao and Matt Bell unofficially have 155 points now to the 149 of Dakota Dickerson. So what was a nine point deficit is now a six point deficit in third place will remain Joel Janko, but only just over Dan Goldberg who will move up into fourth in the points just ahead by two points
0: over the Grant brothers. Yeah, good stuff and a beautiful day and a great day for racing here at mid Ohio and even better, the championship It is not over. The green flag will wave in just about three weeks' time at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for the season finale and the crowning of the champions in the IMSA Prototype Challenge class of the IMSA series. Do not miss it. We'll see you then. For Jeremy Shaw and Brian Till, so long, everyone. This program is a production of IMSA and Radio Show
1: Limited. For more, visit radiolamond.com.